are cool cats and kittens. We're going to start this episode out a little bit different. Um, we had a lot of feedback from last week's episode, our first one. Um, just saying that they had, like, you guys had wished that we had introduced ourselves a little bit better, given a little background on who we are. Uh, so we're going to just do a little blip in this next episode um, doing that. Uh, so I think we'll start out with Dustin. Uh, tell us about yourself, Dustin. Oh, it's my turn to do a snipper, huh? Yeah, snipers. <laughs> <laughs> That's an inside joke. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm Dustin Weishart, and I am what some would call obsessed with movies. Is that how you say your last name? You're just the Is fucking it worst. <laughs> why Shar or why Sar? Why Sar? Fuck. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Continue. I'm so sorry. Glad we learned this after. Yeah. How many years? Well, let's be real. It's a little bit hard, but okay, go. Uh, I've always been a fan of uh, storytelling and movies, and movies are just my favorite form of storytelling. They've always had kind of a sense of magic to me. And honestly, I can't think of a time that I wasn't a fan of movies. I'm not a fan of movie critics, and I think Rotten Tomatoes is the worst thing to happen mm -hmm. to the enjoyment of film. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm a true Colorado native, born and raised, so high altitude is pretty much what I know. And uh, for 32 years, and I'm a proud father of a daughter who also loves movies and all things nerdy. And that just makes me so proud and happy. <laughs> um, the idea of the podcast what has kind of been stewing for quite some time now. And earlier this year, it just kind of made the choice, like, need to just do this. So I contacted Christy and Jake, knowing that they would probably say yes, <laughs> because talking movies is one of our favorite things to do. I mean, you literally said, please say yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, they're basically family, so that makes this all the more special for me. And, uh, yeah, talking movies is really kind of how our bromance, as Christy puts it, really started to blossom. Oh. <laughs> um, so, with that, here we are, you know, we're making movie boners. With a Z. Ooh, with a Z. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dustin and I started working together, like, 12, 13 years ago. And we would just walk around a parking lot, pushing carts for eight hours a day. And we were talking about movies and Lost, the TV show Lost. And it's funny because our like our little group of friends all go back to that job. And we're like a band of misfits that all got fired from that job. <laughs> but we all stayed friends this whole time. So I, I think that's funny. Uh, I'm Jake Lawler. I'm also a Colorado native. And uh, Christy and I are married. We've been married for about nine years. And we have a little golden retriever, one-year-old dog named Wesley. That Who loves probably... Dustin more than he loves us. Yeah, yeah he does. <laughs> you'll probably hear him bark sometimes. Dustin's his god daddy. No. <laughs> oh, shoot. That's dog just... father. Godfather. Come and on. you told us to be careful what I... we say. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> I'm the producer. I do what I want. Um... I definitely owe my love of movies to my parents, I think. So when I was growing up, we had these massive rackfuls of VHS tapes. And some of them were the store-bought ones with the, the pictures on the front, but most of them were just generic tapes that they had recorded 
three or four different movies onto and we had this catalog which was like an actual binder of um all the, the names of the movies alphabetical with the numbers of the tape that they're on Damn. and i just remember when friends or family would come over and show them the rack of of movies and they'd open the binder and be going through and they'd have a hard time picking out from all these great movies mm-hmm. um and so because of that i was exposed to a lot of movies as a kid and like Dustin with kind of talked about that we were both kind of our parents were pretty strict about what we could watch at younger ages but my parents were also pretty cool at a decently early age <laughs> where they'd maybe cover my eyes or leave the room during the obvious stuff but they also were excited to show me all these like stories right. and stuff so so because of that I still got to see a lot of awesome films and so that's kind of where it started and then yeah I'm, I'm excited to do this podcast because I think top 10 lists are so kind of innately there's something innately human in them like i'll always want to see what's on them and right. no matter who's doing it or what what it is um and selfishly for me it's a fun exercise to go through all my movies and I, all of my movies are digital they're on a plex server we have we have i think over 2000 now but every time i pull it up and start start throw, scrolling through the posters it feels like opening up that catalog at my parents like couch and it's just always so exciting um so i'm excited to make those lists and have to rationalize why I like them and why I don't like them. And Mm -hmm. it makes me kind of see them for the first time again in some ways. So that's exciting. Nice. Yeah. It's your turn. Well, hello. My name is Christy. I'm married to Jake. So my last name is Lawler. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I got pulled into this mix around 10 years ago when I met Jake. Um, and I shortly after that met Dustin and I immediately loved Jake. I think I hated Dustin for about two months <laughs> when I first met him. Um, but that quickly changed when I realized that I am actually pretty much an extension of Dustin and we are very much alike. They're the same person. Um, yeah, we, <laughs> we say that I'm Dustin too. Um, yeah, so we quickly kind of fell into this like, dynamic where we'd go and hang out and we'd watch we'd just talk about movies we'd go see movies all together and what we do here is literally my favorite thing that we do is just I sit here and I listen to them talk about all of these different movies and you know their love for them and passion and sometimes anger (laughs) and all of the emotions that they feel um I'm definitely a movie buff as well but what these two can pick up and draw out of their experiences with movies is just so fun to listen to. So when Dustin asked if I wanted to produce this, cause I have like very vague experience doing so I was totally down. Um, so yeah, this is just really fun to be a part of. And I'm thankful that they put up with me <laughs> and they were taking me on this ride with them. Um, I do have, like, one question. Like, what would you say, like, to go back around, like, what's your favorite genre, like, each? Like, Dustin, what would you say yours is? Well, I think I actually said this in... It hasn't come out yet. It hasn't come out yet. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so you can pre-say yeah, it. Yeah, pre-say it. <laughs> right. Uh, for the longest time, um, well, they, they've kind of, like, shifted, mm-hmm. I guess. As a kid, action was really my favorite, and that went to comedy. And then as I got older, horror really became, like, Mm -hmm. my all-time favorite. Uh, But then 
for one of our episodes, going back through one of the genres, I realized that honestly, comedy is probably my favorite genre because mm-hmm. it's just you'll hear about it when you listen to the episode. But mm-hmm. so I'll say comedy right now. It'll probably change in like a month or two. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Yeah, I would probably also say comedy. It's it's as you'll hear in that episode. It's very uh, very personal to me in a lot of ways. But I would also say that. It, for the sake of being different, I would say that action is probably my favorite. The only reason I wouldn't always put that up there is because good new action movies are few and far between. A lot of action movies these days are just going needing to go bigger and better, and that and that doesn't make it better, is what I mean. Right. And so there's it gets to a point where it's crazy, but there's a lot of understated good action movies that. I still gravitate to the ones I'm more excited to see when the when the go to the theaters and that kind of stuff. Hmm. What about you? Hello, I definitely would say horror, and it kind of always has been. I like the older I get, I probably shouldn't watch horror movies because <laughs> I just have like no capacity to sleep at night anymore. But um, yeah, no, I just I love. I love horror. I love FX makeup and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. all that creepy shit. Just love it. Just so, blood in general. Yeah. I'm excited for when we do horror, you guys. I'm, yeah. Me too. I'm going to have too. a hard time being quiet. That's actually, <laughs> of all the genres that we're doing, mm-hmm. horror is probably going to be the easiest one for me because I pretty much know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's going to be a good one. Okay, I think this is, I think we did it. I think we did good. Um, Thank you so much for everybody that chimed in for our last episode. We have had such a good week hearing Mm -hmm. all of your feedback and interaction with us. Keep doing it. We love it. Yeah, find Um, us on Instagram and Facebook. Facebook. We're kind of on Twitter, but not really. (laughs) (laughs) We're at Movie Boners on all those places. (laughs) Kind of here, but not really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, or email us any way that you want to reach out. Do it. We love it. Yeah, we really try to respond mm-hmm. timely and directly to you. So yeah. when you message us, you are talking directly to us. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely. excited to hear. <laughs> you might not know who you're talking to, but... Which is part of the fun. <laughs> it yeah. is. They might switch it up on you, too, which is hilarious. <laughs> Facebook does a nice thing where it'll, it'll say who's t- who's publishing it, which is Yeah, yeah. that is nice. Um, which I yeah. just realized. <laughs> yeah, we're realizing a lot about social media this week. Yeah. It's fun. All right. Well, enjoy our next this next episode. Yep. We'll be seeing you guys. <laughs> Didn't know you were finish that sentence. No. All right. On with the show. Episode number two of Movie Boners. Two. Two. <laughs> that's a wrestling reference. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's We've been to, you know. We've been to wrestling. Yeah. We know. <laughs>
We're in the know. <laughs> We're hip with the wrestling. Anyway, this isn't a wrestling podcast. Although, that would be cool. If it was. This is a this is a preamble to one of my movies. It does have a wrestler in it? Ooh. So we'll see. So anyway, uh, movie boners episode two. On this podcast, we go through a high fidelity style of top ten lists, but we do it based generally on movies and genres of movies. Mm-hmm. And the genre this week is sci-fi movies. Uh, so I'm I'm Jake. We didn't really do intros last time. I don't think either. We really we're not good at it. <laughs> we're kind of. It's true. I'm Dustin. We're rookies. So I'm Jake Best Dustin. We also have Christy in studio with us. Hey, hey. She's here for the snacks, which mm-hmm. we'll we'll get to. Yep. <laughs> I also am a snack. <laughs> you can't call yourself a snack. I sure can. Shut the fuck Yeah, so we go through a top ten list this week is sci-fi. Um, and we just kind of go through from the bottom up. Last week was pretty long. We, yeah, <laughs> I think this will this week will not be as long. We made some changes. So the producer had some good ideas. To the producer had some great ideas. Uh, yeah, Christy, I also forgot to mention. In addition to being here for the snacks, is also our official boner producer. producer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we talked about. I feel like I can't agree to that. <laughs> <Self-title>. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just blow on past that. Uh, one change is last week I had seen Dustin's list and he had seen mine before we started. So I, it was longer for one reason because we had, um, I had left off movies that he would have had intentionally and so we made it longer because we had 20 movies to get through. Uh, this week we haven't seen each other's list. Right. We still have 20 movies to get through, but... There's a possibility they'll overlap. A little bit. Right, but I'm sure the reasonings, although yeah. might share some similarities. We'll still talk about it. But. Yeah. And then uh, there was another reason why it was longer. Because oh. we were a lot wordier. Yeah. <laughs> we decided that our our, 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 our numbers our number ten through number five we're gonna be less worried yeah. about. And then five and up you it's kind of free form, you can talk as much as you want. True. But the bottom half of the list will be more concise on. Cool. Which is hard to do. That's the idea. We love I'm movies. sure that'll be the idea that we start with, but chances are, like Christy said, we will probably get wordy no matter what. And the producer is here to keep us on track, so. I'm just here for the snacks. <laughs> Which you don't get yet. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of snacks, oh, though. Yeah. What, what beer are you drinking, Dustin? Uh, I am drinking Old Chub by Oscar Blues. Oscar Blues, very, very cool. It's a fitting it's beer for today. Beer. Old Chub. <laughs> old Chub. Oh. It's uh yeah, they're in Longmont, I think, which is like two towns over from us. Yeah. I'm drinking a dry jock brewing pineapple mango blonde ale. It's a lot of fruit. Dustin gives me crap. Fruit, yeah. <laughs> it's so summertime. So summertime, it's time for some fruitiness. Get out there and fruit it up. Uh they're from Denver, I think. Pretty sure. Dry dock brewing. Yeah, in Denver. Uh Chris, what are you drinking? <laughs> I'm drinking. <laughs> we even like left hand brewery something. She's like, give me the tiki, coconut one. Tiki. It's called getting tiki with getting it. Tiki with it's it. a nitro pina colada. Y'all should have seen the something. face that Dustin made when I poured this nitro. 
realized it was like nitro. You just you dumped it in the glass, and it was painful to watch. I thought he was gonna, I thought he was gonna hit me. <laughs> How dare you! All right. Uh, well, I guess this is the portion where we give the snack. Oh yeah, Christie's Christie's weekly snacks. Gotta keep Christie quiet with snacks, so. I got you some snacks. I got you some regular craisins. They didn't have, <laughs> yes! They didn't have chocolate-covered craisins. <laughs> so you got regular. And to make up for not being chocolate-covered, I got you these coconut, <laughs> almond, dark chocolate. Now, did we record craisins. that last week where she was questioning what you called chocolate-covered craisins? <laughs> She's like, what do you call chocolate-covered craisins? Craisins. And I was like, <laughs> they're just chocolate covered craisins. That's what they're called. Well, but those are like all enjoy things, kind of. Oh, just, thank you. Kind of just smaller. And I got uh, Christy some artichokes. They are steamed and marinated artichokes. Oh, Little oh, snack packs. Because she has a, oh, yeah. what I would call unhealthy obsession with artichokes. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Yes, See, didn't go there. <laughs> I said unhealthy. That doesn't mean fetish. <laughs> don't kink shame people. True. <laughs> Some of these people may be in artichokes. I'm just going to be over here with my snacks. Yeah, you're going to be snacks. Alright. Oh, oh, that looks disgusting. <laughs> oh, that looks fucking gross. Oh, my God, that looks so good. Oh, yeah. Is it good? I'm glad for you. Oh man, it is great. Okay. Cool. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. Yeah. <laughs> Top ten sci-fi. Top ten movies. sci-fi. I believe I went first last week, so I'm gonna okay. go first this time. So I'm just gonna preface this by saying last week's top ten had a very strong, like, sentimental value to me. This week, that is not the case at all. (laughs) Sci-fi's don't make you feel things? It's not that. It's just I haven't watched any of these with my daughter. So, no, there is no sentiment to any of them. Yet. Yeah. Although most of these I'm not sure I will get a chance to watch with her until she's much older. Because it's... Anyways. All right. So, number 10 is one that I never hear people really talk about anymore. Or even when I saw it, didn't know anyone that really saw it, but it stars Charlie Sheen. Oh. And it's called The Arrival. Interesting. So it was made in like 93 or 94, I want to say. I can't remember. But he's a scientist who comes across a government conspiracy with aliens who are here on Earth. And it's just him trying to find the truth and expose it. So a basic storyline for sci-fi alien stuff, but awesome movie. Super fun. Uh, My favorite part of this, though, is the design of the aliens and the CGI work that's used in it is excellent. So if you haven't seen it and want just a good alien movie... Definitely check out The Arrival. That's important. I have to, like, <laughs> emphasize yeah. The Arrival. <laughs> I've never heard of it. Right, which is why I put it on my list, because that's one that's always stuck with me. Um, the alien's design, my favorite part, is their knees are backwards. Mm-hmm. And you get to watch them, like, kind of bend their knees that way, and it's fucking gross and awesome <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> So highly recommend if you come across it or just find it, 
awesome, super fun sci-fi flick about aliens. And it's Charlie Sheen. It's sober Charlie Sheen during that time. <laughs> so it's he does a really good job in it. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, I don't have anything to contribute because I've never seen yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I see how it is, Jake. <laughs> Number 10 for me is a movie that got a lot of hate. I don't know if it still gets a lot of hate. Nobody t- I may have been forgotten. So first, you, what, too lazy to print your stuff out again? Yeah, last time I had paper. Now I have my phone. You mostly because... A Maya phone? A Maya phone. <laughs> mostly, partly to save paper and mostly to save ink. Because ink is like gold. The environment's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Send your hate mail to Jake Waller. <laughs> if you use paper and you use wood, then you grow more trees and it's, it helps. Okay, moving okay. on. <laughs> so number 10... It's a movie that I feel like it got a lot of hate before, but I really liked it when I first saw it. It was, I think, the first found footage style movie I'd ever seen. Because I didn't see Blair Witch, it was too scary. Oh, I and I also wasn't me. allowed to see Witch. Yeah, I didn't see Blair Witch until probably like six years ago, five years ago. That's how you met me. Yeah. Um, and so this movie is one of my favorite kind of monster movies, I guess. But it's in a, it's a sci-fi event. It's Cloverfield. Hell yes. Cloverfield, I feel like, is a great movie that gets... I don't know why it doesn't get a lot of love. Because everyone hates handheld camera work. I feel like it's well done in the handheld camera work. I feel like it, it. a lot of it's contrived sometimes where it's like, why are you filming this? Why don't you just run away? But this is more like... The story is well told. It's it's They do an interesting thing where they have the actual footage that they're taking but it's recorded over old footage yeah and the old footage also it kind of sets the context for the relationships and all this stuff well i mean the whole idea with it with the found footage was the whole movie technically takes place like it's already happened right and it's, like, it's just it's it's like people watching the, the tapes yeah the like national guard or whoever yeah. found it and they're watching it back dude that movie's so fucking cool it's i <laughs> Thinking about it now, talking about it, I don't know if newer generations will, if it will translate to like what recording over a tape is Damn like. It's <laughs> like this is either a file or it's a right because when Cloverfield, I mean that was really like the end of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Everything was really going digital yeah. shortly after Cloverfield came out. Pretty much. Okay, I have a question. For yeah. You. Do you like the original Cloverfield or did you like Ten Cloverfield Lane? I really I liked Ten Cloverfield Lane, but I like Cloverfield the most. Mm-hmm. I like Ten Cloverfield Lane, but it feels I like the first two acts of it the most, where it's just a lady in a basement with John Goodman, mm-hmm. and then the last part feels like if we throw aliens in, we can make it a sequel and <laughs> put a name on it that I people recognize. Yeah. It's more, I think the first, most of it is the most interesting part. Mm-hmm. The last part gets crazy and it's cool, but it's also like. It feels like it's they just want to cash in all of a sudden. Yeah. But I think that also came from because there was such a demand mm-hmm. for like, we want a sequel, we want to see oh, yeah. something new. And I actually, like, I enjoyed 10 Cloverfield Lane exactly the same reasons why you did. Like, the first two acts are incredible. Mm-hmm. And then the alien stuff shows up, and I kind of was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, that's cool. But that 
Cloverfield? Yeah. I saw that in the theater. That was one of the most intense movies I've ever watched in the theater. And that was really my first true test at, like, can I handle handheld stuff? Yeah. Like, on a big screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people get sick from it, but I thought it was really cool. And there's so many awesome little moments in it where it's like, well, awesome big moments, too. Where yeah. It's like, from the Statue of Liberty's head flying down the street, <laughs> yeah. like going under down ground in the dark, and the building like falling over and the sliding on the floor. The whole subway sequence in that movie yeah. is like probably my favorite part of that movie. Yeah, it's an intense movie. That is an intense movie. All right. Do you have anything to add to it, Christy? No, I fully support both of you. Cool. That's a first. For now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just getting started. <laughs> Number nine on my list is another one that I feel is underappreciated and underseen. In fact, the more I talk about this movie, the more people I realize have never even heard of it. But it's called Gattaca. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the reason I say that is because I hadn't heard of it ever. In the last like week or two weeks, I had heard of it, and okay. it's on my list of things I need to watch. Yes, it should be on everyone's list of things to watch. So this was also early 90s. Uh, it's early Ethan Hawke movie. It's my personal favorite of his movies. And Uma Thurman. Movie right and together. Uma Thurman and Jude Law. Oh, is I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> so the, the premise of the movie is it's, a society bent on perfection. So your class is how perfect your genes were spliced and manipulated compared to people who have more natural genes. Mm. So the whole idea of the movie is this main character has to pretend and put on this act of being like this kind of high class person with the perfect genes to fulfill his childhood dream. And the whole movie is just how he has to go through this. But that movie, the sci-fi aspect definitely comes from, sadly, it's becoming kind of reality these days. <laughs> but the, the basic principle of humans, quote-unquote, playing God. Mm -hmm. Yes, we can do this, but really should we? So Gattaca is number nine because it, it's one of the more like interesting films on just how that society is with that kind of mentality and then looking at it with current times even where we seem to always be kind of hell-bent on perfecting everything. We're never satisfied with what we have. We have to improve on everything. So number nine, Gattaca. Check it out. It's incredible. I have homework this week. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. It's funny that you mentioned um, kind of futuristic societies where we're either focused on perfection or right. it's becoming the way like it seems very pertinent to where we are in real life right <laughs> yeah. now yeah I, I have several movies on my list where I was like I really like this movie but it's also like almost too real in some ways or it's like obviously it was a warning at the time and yeah that, that <laughs> and now it's turning into through. an I told you so <laughs> yeah that theme runs through my list for sure same here <laughs> uh, number nine for me is a movie that used to be not as well known, but I think has definitely become a cult fan favorite in the last few decades. It's probably slingshot itself in as far as iconicness past where um, where I even put it technically, but 
I really, I really love it. It's Blade Runner. Yeah. Blade Runner. I'm a big Ridley Scott fan, and Blade Runner is. I'm also a big cyberpunk fan. It's kind of the granddaddy of cyberpunk style for stuff. Um, and yeah, it's just a dope movie. The first few times I watched it, I didn't, I didn't really get it, which right. is embarrassing to say because there's an opening call that kind of explains everything <laughs> at the very beginning of the movie. But it, it's an interesting and complicated kind of story that's not told in the most obvious way i guess where it's like here's a guy he's in charge of hunting down these replicants they tell you what replicants are but there's no exact like analogy in your mind of like oh what that would be in our world because it's like this whole weird well they just like they do that questionnaire and how you yeah emotionally respond to the questionnaire is what like flags you as a replicant yeah um I probably should clarify because there are so many versions of this movie. <laughs> I really only like and love the director's cut, the final cut, the final cut, I think it's called. Um, I've, I've watched some of the other cuts. I saw the Tactical Cut once and it's very weird because it has this whole like VO thing that happens. Yep. Um, it's a very different movie, but I think the final cut's the best and it also, I think, as far as social, the the questions that it raises and the fan theories that it raises and stuff, it's just a really interesting and iconic cool movie. Yes, it is. Uh, I'm not going to comment too much because we will officially have our first overlap. Oh, boy. <laughs> Although it's later on for me. So. <laughs> he loved it more than he did his entire life. That's true. That's true. It's true. I'm excited to hear about that. It's true. Uh, number eight. Yeah, I'm great. All right, so again, I went with one that no one's ever heard of, <laughs> but I feel is this movie takes all the best like sci-fi aspects from old science fiction. So it's a very patient movie. There's not a lot that actually happens in it, but if you want incredible acting chops from a guy who is by himself in this area you have to check this out and especially if you're a sam rockwell fan this is one of his best movies ever it's called moon jake's nodding have you seen moon i have not seen Moon. damn it <laughs> it's on my list of movies i'll know i'll like but have not gotten around to watching. yes <laughs> so this was done by david bowie's son he wrote and directed this well he co-wrote and directed this but it's just about this astronaut scientist who is serving a three-year stint on the moon for research purposes, and his only companion is a robot. So it should sound kind of familiar with that basic aspect from, like, 2001 Space Odyssey. Mm -hmm. But the, the whole, like, focus point of this movie is strictly how he copes with being stuck in isolation on the moon for three years. And uh, I won't go into too much detail because there is something that happens in the movie that really, like, well, it kind of blows everyone's mind that has watched it. So highly recommend it. It's incredible. And Sam Rockwell is a great actor, but this one is definitely higher up on the list. I think any actor that gets put in a position where you have to act by yourself yeah. and still convey all the emotions as if you're, like, responding to real other people... This one's a top one for that. 
Oh, you'll love Moon Jade. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, it's, you've been on my list for a long time. <laughs> it seems like it's right up my alley because I've heard it described as kind of that hard sci-fi genre where it's 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 realistic, but it's also kind of... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not like... Science-y. At no point does it ever feel overly futuristic. It yeah. very much feels like it could be happening mm-hmm. right now. And yeah. we just want to know. But check out Moon. It's incredible. Okay. I definitely will. Uh, number eight for me is a movie that I feel like also gets some guff, but I'm a big fan of it, and I enjoyed it a lot for a lot of different reasons, um, so I'll get into it. My number eight is Looper. Oh, yes. Looper is such a fun time travel movie. It's it's set in like kind of a variety of times, and then there's a lot of time travel involved, and it's really, I think they did a cool job of making Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt be the same person. Uh, spoiler, maybe, I don't know. And that's well, not a spoiler. I think it even says it on the back jacket. Probably. <laughs> just the way that the movie art is, just, you, the way it made his nose is. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the same person, basically. Um, and so it's, I think that there's a lot of, I think the story is really good. The themes are really good at trying to prevent what is potentially inevitable there's a lot of that in time travel movies obviously but um we talked about that last week with terminator i think there's similar similar aspects to it where you that you try so hard to prevent something and you end up creating what you try to prevent and all of these things uh emily blunt is also amazing in that movie she's amazing in like everything she's yeah (laughs) yeah and so it's it's just a really cool interesting new movie the only negative I would say is it made me too excited about Star Wars The Last Jedi. <laughs> I, I was disappointed by that. I know. But that's all. You and I share that same <laughs> <laughs> Christy's over here going like, God damn it, the hate mail that we're going to get. <laughs> Save it. We don't care. <laughs> not going to change my They really mind. don't. They mean that. <laughs> uh, Looper was... I really like the concept of um, like the current time hitmen almost mm-hmm. assassins yeah. having to close their own loop. Yeah. I've always thought that was a really frightening, interesting aspect of that story because mm-hmm. you essentially officially know how you die. Right. Which that's they say at the very beginning of the movie. Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like that's the opening like dialogue. If I if I had to like make a theme for my list or I guess maybe movies I like in general, it would kind of be that. It would be that if there's an interesting idea, yeah. even if it's not perfectly executed, I'll probably make it higher than something that's more technically proficient right that is that i've seen before (laughs) yeah Yeah, looper was that was a good movie and i totally agree with you the creativity and imagination behind looper Mm -hmm. had me super excited and then i was really not but (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah oh that's a good one i that was one of the movies i was back and forth with if i wanted to add or not um i had it on my list but then i replaced it with the next one, actually. What a great segue. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> and you killed it. Uh, no, I know. 
Number seven. Um, this one, pretty much everyone's heard of. It is, I can never remember her last name, so you're going to have to help me with this one, Christy. Oh, I bet I know who you're talking about. I bet already. you know already. <laughs> um, Ex Machina. Mm-hmm. So Alicia. Vikander. Vikander. Thank you. She's Swedish. So this was my introduction to her acting chops, and holy shit, Mm -hmm. this movie was incredible. I really, I have a great appreciation for movies that are patient, Mm -hmm. when they know that they have a good enough story Mm -hmm. and good enough characters that they can just rely on that to flesh everything else out, and I think Ex Machina does one of the best jobs of that. It's slow, the characters are very, like, you're kind of trying to figure out what's going on throughout the whole movie it's terrifying and just this movie the visual effects of this movie are stunning not to sound like a cliche movie lover but they're simply mind blowing Mm -hmm. so Ex Machina is number 7 for me that is also on my list but I have a good amount higher so <laughs> withhold my comments until then look at that so we've got two overlaps yep to come yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a great one I put, I put it on my list for sure very high up so I'm going to blow past it and go to my number seven which is similar to what you talked about <laughs> oh it's missing an article my movie is Arrival just, just regular arrival. <clears throat> so we have three overlaps, <laughs> but arrival's a little higher up on my list. Oh my god, hold We're on. Just going god. back and forth. Uh oh. Try one. Oh, what kind of snack is this? Oh man, coconut almond dark Ooh, chocolate. This is what I got you. Alright. Right. Coconut so almond dark chocolate. Oh. It's like an almond joy. For real. But like with less coconut, so it's like more even. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, good luck talking about dark chocolate. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, arrival, arrival, <laughs> regular arrival. Uh, I'm pretty sure I raved about my love for Denis Villeneuve, the you director, did? last week. You did. I mentioned him at least twice. Um, and yeah, he doesn't make any bad movies. I put this on here. I uh, was close to putting another one on here, but. <laughs> Um, it's it's a really interesting movie that's about aliens, but mostly not about aliens. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's it's and also an interesting movie in the sense that not a lot of movies since like Close Encounters of the Third Kind have focused on the science of communication and the the science of language and all of these kinds of things. I just think it's it's visually very interesting. It's the, the, the themes and the circles and everything that goes on, it's all very you can watch it many many times, like the very first time I watched it I was like, I need to watch that again right now because <laughs> there's a lot that happens and a lot that changes over the course of the movie and then you get to the end and you're like, I feel like they probably gave me more hints at the front that I probably missed and so you're like I need to go back and watch it oh, yeah. And I think that's a good test of a movie. So if you're like, it's over, and you're like, I want more. I just want to see the same thing again. I don't even right. care if it's new. I just want the. I just want more of it. Um, and that's definitely this movie for me. Well, Arrival is on my list as well, so I'm not going to do too much commenting <laughs> on that one. <laughs> it's also, I think, from a storytelling perspective, it's it kind of a time travel movie. 
it's it's I don't want to get too much into it for people that haven't seen it. I think that it's a movie that was a big movie, but it also a lot of people haven't seen it or haven't gotten around to seeing it. But there's an aspect to it that's that's time related or the fact that time and language I was, both may not be linear and so it's it's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to blow over my comments for a little bit. <laughs> hey, we're doing pretty good. We're already on number six, man. Yeah, we're almost halfway there. Woo-hoo. I'm so proud of you all. See, we can grow up. <laughs> uh, number six is the one that I was alluding to earlier today with you. Okay. Um, I think for... Younger generations or current generations, they probably won't get the fun or the point of this movie that you're supposed to not take it serious, Mm -hmm. but just enjoy it for the obnoxiousness and the silliness that it is. Uh, But for our generation, it came out, and I know it was a pretty big thing because it was super bloody. It was super gross. Talking Starship Troopers. (laughs) (laughs) This is... I think this is the only movie on my list today that's like mindless because it's just ridiculous i mean yeah. there's shots in the movie that are like commercials to join the yeah. <laughs> to join the army to go and fight killer bugs i so, i regularly send the gift of that girl in the like lineup she's like i'm doing my part right <laughs> That's a steak, steak. that movie when i first saw it i wanted to watch it for the gore yeah. which it has plenty of but the comedy aspect of it is what sets it so high for me on a list of like best sci-fi because it's just it's one of the very few science fiction movies that is not technically a comedy that is really funny. Yeah. So Starship Troopers is my number six because it's probably one of the most fun movies. I mean, you can throw it on at any point and smile and be entertained. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good pick. I like that a lot. <clears throat> Uh, number six for me is a movie that you had in your action list, and I Ooh. I wanted to put it on my action list last week, but didn't because I knew eventually we'd do sci-fi. Right. And I, it's probably not an obvious sci-fi movie, but a few of my picks are not obvious sci-fi movies. Well, that was one thing I learned when trying to compile this list was sci-fi is, I mean, it, it carries a lot of different yeah. themes to it. Yeah, <laughs> it can be a lot of things. And there's obviously generally a lot of action in sci-fi movies. Um, so I'm not surprised there was overlap. But I needed to put it on my list. And because Christopher Nolan was obviously <laughs> missing from my list last week. And that's like a sin. So Inception is my movie. Um, great, great um, film as far as... I just love, like I mentioned, sci-fi is for interesting ideas. And there's one of the best original ideas I think that we've had in the last decade. I don't know when it came out. Probably 10 years uh, ago. It came out in 2009 or 10. 10. 2010. Yeah. So probably as far as original movies go, I feel like it's it's so good. And to take the science of dreaming and like what happens to you. And it's so well thought out and well written that, that you as an audience buy into it so well they're like and it's just the simplest things it's like well two 
hear yourself out of a dream, you need a kick to like feel like you're falling. And everybody's like, oh, I felt that. I understand. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Or, um, or just like the time differences. Like if you go deeper and deeper into your dreams or levels of dreams or just even sleep, people feel like, I don't know how long I've been sleeping. Like just yeah. time is, that aspect is really interesting. And then the, the weird thing that everybody knows about their dreams that it's hard to focus on it's hard to tell if you're in a dream or not until you focus on something very specific and then there's something that's off and you notice it and you're like, oh, I can tell. Um, just everything about it is really well thought out and well written and well acted and it's just an awesome, amazing movie. Yeah, I uh, I recently watched Inception again mm-hmm. and that movie just... I had it closer to action because of all the like the sequences I put into that and the way that no one shot the action. But this was a that was a tough one because yeah, any of his movies can fall in yeah almost every genre. Right, almost. I don't think he's done horror like straight horror yet. I would love him too. But I would love that. <laughs> yeah, that that movie is. Yeah, it's just, it could be a heist movie, but it's also most not at all about but, the heist. Right, like. <laughs> Highly dramatic, but the the sci-fi aspect of being able to hack dreams and implant thoughts and ideas, like... And there's, like, a Matrix element where people are trying to escape reality by living in their dreams. Yeah, it gets... That movie's so layered, which is something you are guaranteed to get in every single one of the Master Nolan's (laughs) films. Absolutely. How's it going? <laughs> you enjoying? You're I'm really enjoying watching? this. Okay. You guys are so entertaining. Thanks. <laughs> We're trying. I love Inception too. That's good. You should, as everyone should. Yeah. <laughs> number five. Number five. All right. So here's my first overlap. Okay. I have Blade Runner as number five on my list, and like you, mm-hmm. I've seen all the different cuts. I even have like the special edition. Blu-ray that has every cut in it, but I only ever bother with the whatever the the final one is. It final one or is it directors? Because I I can't remember if it was. I think there was a directors, and then they made the final one after that. Okay. Well, either way, Blade Runner, because as far as like science fiction goes, that movie is almost perfect with the all the ideas that it has, Mm -hmm. and I really like that it wasn't really man versus machine sci-fi but it was just kind of like a broken society sci-fi yeah so Blade Runner Blade Runner is my number five and let's face it Harrison Ford is a badass and yeah. everything he does <laughs> yeah I didn't remember or realize that that was in the night it was released in 1982 so it was right. like right around after Empire before Jedi so he was like still in that phase. He doesn't seem like that same. He seems, seems like it came much later for some reason. Right, he seems older in yeah. that movie. Yeah. Okay. My number five is one of my favorite movies. And I had a hard time not putting it higher, but I kept wanting to. Because I I always enjoy this movie, but I also I also enjoy introducing people to this movie, so it's one that I don't think a lot of people have also seen. Um, that's a common theme in this genre for some weird reason. Um, but it's, it's super well done, and it's 
it may have been marketed weird where it kind of seemed like an action movie but it's I didn't put on my action list because it's the sci-fi is really interesting and different it's about a dystopian society that's um that's kind of very authoritarian and all these things common theme in sci-fi obviously but um as a as a warning sign for society now of not to get there. Both Chrissy and I are trying to figure out if we can... <laughs> I know, I'm trying to stretch it out. <laughs> um, it's also, I didn't put on my action list because it's very emotional and I don't really associate the action to it as much as I associate the emotion to it, if that makes sense. It's, and the reason for that is very obvious once we get into it. It's equilibrium. Oh, fuck, yes. Equilibrium. <laughs> Yeah, yep. I've introduced a handful of people. That is a great movie to introduce people to. It's yeah, it's one that nobody's heard of, and then you watch it and you're like, "Wow, this is really cool!" But wow, is it really like meaningful? Because well, yeah, the whole idea is lack of human emotion right. and trying to get it back. It's yeah, emotion is outlawed. And you, everyone is forced to take sedatives or whatever, yeah. take drugs in order to inhibit their emotions. And anything that could possibly encourage emotion or elicit emotion, like art and music and clothing and decorations, <laughs> yeah, right? And, and all of these things are just banned. Well, not just banned; like it's against the law, and you can right. be executed for even owning mm-hmm. these things. Yeah, and it takes. Christian Bale, who is a guy that is in charge of going out and finding people that are breaking these laws and feeling feelings and being able to tell if they're breaking the rules and arresting them or or steal or like um, taking their property and destroying it or, right. um, or killing them if they resist. All these things is very kind of cold blooded and heartless. And then it takes you on a journey of actually feeling what feeling feels like. And I think it does a great job of opening up and representing what emotion is and what making you feel like you're hearing music for the first time like he is and yeah and it's just intense in an emotional level well that movie i know why that movie kind of got lost in the cracks yeah because they tried to release it close to the matrix Mm. which was number two on my list last week now they get compared all the time I don't quite see why they get compared. It might just be the clothing aspects. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. And the like gun foo that they and, and there's it, Yeah, there's some like. But for Christian Bale fans, if you haven't seen Equilibrium, mm-hmm. I think it's an important one in his catalog. Yeah. Because it really. I think he did that one in between American Psycho and Machinist. Mm-hmm. So you got to see him play. A serial killer who's out of his mind. And if you haven't seen Machinist, that'll be for a later one. <laughs> but Christian Bale, I mean, that was really like the way that was introduced to me was, oh, you like Christian Bale? You've seen Equilibrium, right? Mm-hmm. No. Just go home and watch it. Yeah. And yeah, that movie is. Yeah, he does a great job of representing the transit. I mean, I mentioned it last time about Batman Begins. So oh, right. He can, you can just see in his face when he changes from being being himself to being Bruce Wayne. And you can the same thing happens here where he goes from not feeling to struggling with feelings to accepting the feelings of holding a puppy. Um, there's like, yeah, there's so much to that movie. I think Bale is just 
Probably one of our best yeah. that we got. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a good pick, man. Thank you. Shit. <laughs> uh, number four is uh, another overlap. So this is Arrival. Okay. Just Arrival. <laughs> uh, the thing with this movie for me that I didn't comment earlier is they created this whole language. The science behind creating this language and how to communicate it is something that every time I watch it, and like you said, the first time I saw it and it ended immediately was like, I need to watch that again. Yeah. Like I can sit and watch that movie from start to finish again. But the the idea of creating this language, and I know we've get we've gotten that in tons of other like pop culture shows and movies, but there's just something really unique about the language that they created for this movie. And the I love the idea that aliens and like their ship and mm. communication. I mean, that's the heart of this movie. And it's one of the like, oh, it's such a heavy movie. Mm-hmm. Heavy movie. Amazing movie, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I read one thing that's always stuck with me about it. Um, where these aliens come from outer space and they have their ships come down and they travel, you know, you know how far, millions, right. thousands of miles to get here. But they stop. 20 feet in the air they don't touch down they don't they don't land they don't invade they just stop and then we have to go the extra like 20 right. feet up and so they have to ride like this crappy scissor lift up <laughs> yeah. into, into the thing and so it's, it's kind of a that I think that's also humbling in the sense that it's like they have these incredible advanced things and we're just trying to get there and but they still want us to take that final like no you still have to meet us yeah. Somewhat. Yeah, that movie. And let's face it, Amy Adams is yeah. incredible in everything she does, but this movie, I think, really let those acting chops go. So. Yeah. Can't say enough good things about Arrival. It's such a good movie. <laughs> My number four is one that I really don't think would be on anybody's list. It's the one that I alluded to in the opening where it may be the best movie starring a wrestler that isn't The Rock. <laughs> oh, that isn't The Rock. Oh. Okay, so for those that don't know, Jake is obsessed with The Rock. I, I need to think through real quick of all The Rock's movies. <laughs> it may be better than The Rock. I don't know. Probably not. Oh, yeah. That's sorry, a wrestler? Not John Cena, although I think John Cena is getting close. To is the this Rock a whole Hogan movie? No. Okay. This is a movie starring Rowdy Roddy Piper from 1988. It's a John Carpenter movie called They Live. Oh my god, I should have known you were going to play this or do this movie. I love They Live. They Live is it's a crazy movie that, going back to what I said about I love an interesting idea that's not perfectly executed. <laughs> this movie is not perfectly executed. No. It's 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 pretty it's pretty oh, no, janky. I love this movie. It's pretty janky, but the pretty I think janky. the imagery is also iconic. Very everyone's seen the images, they yeah. just don't realize that it's from that movie. Yeah, so if you don't know and you yeah, like Justin said, you've probably seen it where it's about Roddy Piper is this guy, he just happens to find these sunglasses. <laughs> And when he puts the sunglasses on, the world around him changes. And he he puts the sunglasses on, and some of the people that he sees are not people, 
they're like these alien skeleton looking people that that he can all of a sudden like see through their facade and then he looks around more and he sees that this billboard is not a billboard that says coca-cola on it it's a billboard that says just in white background with black text it says things like consume and obey and just all of these like essentially stripping away the veneer and putting up all of the um, subliminal messages that we already know is in media as obvious messages. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's one of those movies that I feel like is very, it, I'm sure it was appropriate and fitting in the time that it was created in the eighties, but it's even more so now that you watch it and you're like, yeah, this is pretty much where we're at. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if, politicians were lizard people and all of these things. <laughs> and, it's and like, 2020. Anything's possible yeah. at this point. Any, <laughs> any host of any news show could definitely be an alien. You just don't know. And yeah, it's just from the concepts and the imagery, it, it's so iconic to me. The brawl between <laughs> Roddy Piper and I'm blanking on his name, the other like main guy. The yeah, guy. Um, they have like this street fight that's like one of the like most iconic <laughs> fights in a movie. This fights in a movie. Um, it's so good. It's gonna be relevant like forever. Like I mentioned. It's well, just... that movie. I mean, people. That's one of those movies where it gets quoted all the time. Yes, it has all the time. It has the greatest quote of all time in it. Do you know the quote is, Christy? No. I'm sure you do. You do. I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum. That came from that movie. No. He has like a shotgun and he goes in like a bank. Did it have bubble gum in the Western? Now that I think about it, that seems like a very How much beer do you drink? Yeah, that movie I saw that. Well, my first job, legitimate job that I had was at a video rental store. Okay. And one of the guys I worked with was like, you have to watch They Live. Watched it, and it's, I think my favorite thing about that movie is I love it, especially for, like, horror and Mm sci-fi, because I think they're the only genres that can really get away with it, where it's purposely campy Mm -hmm. and kind of like, it makes fun of itself Mm -hmm throughout and they live as one of those top movies yeah. that just it does it well i mean it's not like a like, award-winning movie yeah. but i think john carpenter does that well he, with I, a lot of i stuff. was close to putting the thing on my list oh yeah um but i i didn't i was like if i need to choose one i'm gonna put they live yeah on they live is if you want entertainment which is like the basis for movies yeah they live is so fun <laughs> so much fun all right. Wow, number three? Top three. Already? Okay, so I was, I'll be honest, I was nervous to put this movie on my list. Oh my God, I hope it's like embarrassing. Not because it's embarrassing, because it's too close to home. Oh. So I put 12 Monkeys mm. as my number three. For those that don't know the premise of 12 Monkeys... Brace yourselves. Those that are born after 2020. (laughs) Yeah. So, oh, you don't know the basis. Okay. So this movie is, it takes place in the future where this criminal gets sent back in time to investigate the origins 
of a virus that wow. spread globally and devastated mankind. Mm. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so, when, when I knew that this had to be on my list, not just on it, but definitely really high up, I was a little wary just because 2020 is a fucking trash fire, so... <laughs> <laughs> But it's number three because I cannot deny the brilliance of this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's Terry Gilliam. He's doing sci-fi and it's got the time travel aspect, which Mm -hmm. Bruce Willis would fill or do again with Looper. But uh, Willis is incredible in this movie, being just a super confused, super afraid convict being forced to do this as part of his sentence. But the best part of this movie is Brad Pitt. Mm Mm-hmm. Because if there's one now, I'm a Brad Pitt fan, but his best work is when he's like the side character, when he's not front and center of the camera, yeah. when he's the supporting character. And this is, I put this, well, I don't know if I like this more than his role as Tyler, Tyler Durden, but this one's super high because watching Brad Pitt just embrace insanity mm-hmm. is so much fun. Oh, man, 94, 95? Does that sound right? Yeah. I can't remember. But this movie is, I mean, animals have kind of retaken the surface. (laughs) So it's an intense film. And the last act of the movie, last act and a half of the movie is, it's pretty powerful. It's a pretty awesome movie. So 12 Monkeys is number three for me. Yeah, that's. That's funny you say that about uh, Brad Pitt because I feel the same way. Fight Club was the first thing I thought of, and then I thought of like Burn After Reading and right, uh, yeah, all these all these movies where he's just a crazy like Snatch. It's just like a weird <laughs> side character. I think he does an awesome job. In that. Well, I think he has like less rules that he yeah. has to abide by in those rules, so I think he really gets to shine. Yeah, that's a great. Thing. I do love Pokemon. and yeah, Bruce Willis is always awesome. <clears throat> okay. Number three for me. <laughs> I got off Yeah, we're going in opposite direction from last week. I'm doing three. Yeah. yeah. Number three for me is another Christopher Nolan, Nolan joint, which is his other great sci-fi epic, which I feel oh, like Oh, shit. Is we probably have another. <laughs> <laughs> this generation's 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yes, we do. <laughs> Interstellar. Oh. We just rewatched we it. Did. It's so good. so good. Like everything about it is it's grounded in reality so well. Yeah. Where like the first act could be a historical film about the Dust Bowl of the thirties. <laughs> and there's with that other than like robotic combines, there's and like a drone, there's no other like sci fi elements. But then it it gets into leaving the planet and be, and I I really love the idea of the whole human survival aspect. And, yeah. And something as basic as we need to eat and now we can't eat. We can't even grow food. Um, and all of the advancements we've made are for no real good reason. Like, we don't need MRI machines anymore. We don't need all of these, like, technological advancements. We need farmers. We need food. Um, and we can't do it because there are was like done with us or sliding back or whatever um so we need to find a new home and so going out there's a 
incredible epic human themes of being explorers and being um and just all of history has always been kind of exploring new areas and finding new places and 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 colonizing them and all these things and it's just a, a really interesting film in that regard where there's there's not really i think it's a pure science fiction movie in a lot of respects where there's not really any the action in it isn't really action it's more just like exciting things that happen there's no yeah. like there's no like fighting there's no weapons there's, I mean there's a little bit of fighting but there's no weapons but it's an it. exploration film yeah it's just about exploring and discovering things and it does a really interesting thing which I think is it resonates as true with us which is that science can often feel mystical, especially when we don't understand it. Anything that any time that we have not understood something that's been just based in science for some reason, it's always been magical. Yeah. And so it starts out with, there's an unexplained thing that's happening, it's just like a ghost in my room, and then you start to learn about why that thing actually exists, and it becomes scientifically reasonable and normal to understand but it takes a while to get there right so that's my number two pick so I'll, we, we can just okay. continue the conversation right now so number two is Interstellar uh, that movie first off Christopher Nolan's movies are like I I honestly don't know if I can pick one over the other yeah. minus Dark Knight but that's for like my connection with Batman by the way I have Batman tattoos I've got three of them <coughs> from last week. The first thing after filming is like, we forgot to do your But when it comes to Nolan, he does such an incredible job of really taking his time and fleshing the full story out. And he makes sure that what he puts in the movie has grounds in reality. And I think Interstellar is probably the best um, example of this, considering... He's had all these quantum scientists and NASA who all checked his science yeah. and were like, it's sound. It's, mm-hmm. this is, yeah, this is what it is. Yeah, you have scientists saying, <laughs> wow, it's really cool to see that black hole because we've never been able to accurately represent one as well as this. <laughs> right. And it's in a popular film. <laughs> <laughs> now, my, I knew, like, the movie was special as I was watching that first time, but the scene in that movie that every time I watch this movie, instant goosebumps and great respect and appreciation for him as a filmmaker, especially when it comes to the details, it's like the first space movie that has no sound in space. Yeah. And Imagine that. Imagine that. (laughs) But the shot where their ship is going across, I want to say it's like Jupiter. Yeah. And it's just that wide shot and it's silent. And it's just drifting across. And it's so small. And it's so tiny. Yeah. It's such a like, I got goosebumps just thinking about the scene. Like, beautiful shot mm-hmm. and a great kind of uh, grounding moment as yeah. a person where it's everything outside of me mm-hmm. is so much bigger. Yeah. So Interstellar is... Yeah, oh, that's like I feel like it, it does the great thing right after that, where they're in the ship and and that one character is like, I feel claustrophobic. I feel like there's a thin layer of aluminum and there's nothing. Yeah, which you just saw when you're outside the ship, and yeah, you feel vulnerable, you feel afraid, 
and then and then he gives him his headphones and it's just the sound of rain and frogs and earth and it's instantly comforting <laughs> right it's so yeah. weirdly powerful yeah that movie is the human aspect of that movie is such a powerful theme in that movie going from like what you were saying of yeah basic human survival and exploration mm-hmm. but then you've got like the sacrifice element to it of what has to be sacrificed for right. like this other thing yeah so and i won't go into too much because that goes yeah. too far but can you sacrifice everything to keep humanity or do you right do not do that and save the people you know it's uh and like even just like character development like each one has that choice yeah from like you know Anne Hathaway's character of like she wants to go to this one planet because she knows Cause the she, guy there she loves the man that's there mm-hmm. and just that whole aspect of it and just his mind and like actually that's why mm-hmm. you know I question if it's the right choice yeah I'm just it's so aware of like time and well for like Matthew McConaughey yeah I know he got the award for Dallas Buyers Club. Nothing against that. But my, I mean, personally, I feel this is his most powerful performance. Well, yeah. same with Jessica Chastain. Holy cow. Yeah, because, yeah. and Nolan has this, ten, like, he's got this ability, almost magical ability to, fly, like, to really get his actors to not worry about being, like, this perfect example, but pure emotion, like, human. Yeah. Like, you're going to be human. This is going to be a real moment. It's probably not going to be that pretty. Right, you're not gonna look pretty as you're crying on camera, like. (laughs) But also, you were just on a planet for ten minutes, and you lost thirty years. Uh, Right. Well, even just, I mean, that scene where it's just so good. Yeah, it is. Like Interstellar is just, it is. For me, the only reason it wasn't my number one is I have a special connection to my number one again. Not sentimental, but. (laughs) But Interstellar is like. I also really love. It's it's mind boggling and kind of even still confusing as many times as I've as I've seen it <laughs> yeah. that to think of gravity as a as another thing that's manipulatable like time and they use gravity in a very interesting way in that movie yeah. mm-hmm. but then they also have a really interesting discussion of love in that movie as another scientifically measurable cosmic force yeah like momentum and gravity <laughs> and time and and all of these things that you can feel connected you can measure that sort of thing across great distances and what is why is that yeah. there's just so many interesting questions and well concepts. i feel like if anyone doesn't enjoy interstellar it's probably because a lot of the scientific things that it shows you mm-hmm. can kind of scare people because like you said earlier we don't understand two-thirds of it. Yeah. But this movie is there telling us, like, well, this is very tangible. This is real. And as humans, I mean, we have the sense to kind of like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Too real. Again, like, the second time, I think, we watched the first time, and we were we left, and we were like, oh, my God, that's a masterpiece. But then the second time, you're like, okay. I kind of, I get it a little bit better now. Yeah. Like, it becomes more logical at that point, and you realize it's still a masterpiece, but way more so. Yeah. So if you don't like it the first time, give it another go. Yeah. Just try one. Yeah. It's... <laughs> Have you heard, like, the theory of who they they are, the, the, the people that create the extra 
Huh. Dimension in the, in the black. Which is, so, as a side note, this yeah. is one of my favorite things that seems to be really coming out with Nolan films is fan theories towards his movies. His movies aren't like pop culture fandoms, yeah. but they are creating these mm-hmm. extensive theories. Yeah, there's enough that's left unsaid or unexplained that I think that it harbors that kind of thing well. Well, we all still talk about Inception. Won't say more than that. Uh, they was us. That's <laughs> that's kind of the the thing is that th- I think that's the, what I like to think of it as yeah. is that we mm-hmm. saved ourselves in some reality. In yeah, in in potentially another timeline or another reality. Right. We just sent machines into space mm-hmm. and s- with one mission just oh, to figure out how to save us. So <laughs> and so we we sent machines into space with one mission just to save humanity. And so they had to kind of figure it out. They figured out how to harvest scrap or harness gravity and okay. place the black hole in this timeline and let people come in. And and that's why when he goes into the black hole, then Tars is the one that communicates with them. Oh, kind of, okay. Tars is kind of like he's communicating and he can interface with them. And oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There's I probably more to it, but yeah. that's that's the gist. I haven't heard that, that because yes. I think even Tars says like, or it's either Tars or Matthew McConaughey that says like they are us. Probably. I think he does say that because there's. But this is like reality. this is a great example of the brilliance of Nolan. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Interstellar came out six or seven years ago now. Yeah. Which is mind blowing. Six, six years. And right, and yet you can talk fresh about it as if like we just walked out of the theater trying to figure out like what the fuck did we just watch? Yeah. <laughs> Which is exactly what we did. Yeah. I think we watched it with you know other members of our group. Yeah. And yeah, we all walked out and we were like, because we saw it at the IMAX too, yeah. and it was just unreal. Which, <laughs> if you have the opportunity to watch any Nolan film mm-hmm. on an IMAX screen, he films an IMAX yeah. for a mm-hmm. purpose. That's the whole deal. You saw the Dark Knight, right? Right. IMAX, yeah. Do it. I mean, <laughs> that's a whole other thing about this movie specifically <laughs> right is that it, it was interesting for him to like I'm gonna use IMAX film to film Dark Knight segments that was really cool to see it in IMAX to see this movie in IMAX where the exteriors are in IMAX full frame images and then you're in the ship and it feels claustrophobic yeah. because the screen shrinks <laughs> instantly as soon as you go in the house in the dust storm it shrinks instantly it's just so Interesting to go back and forth between normal format and IMAX format. Right. Yeah. God, if we ever do a Nolan tribute episode, it'll have to be like a five part. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you haven't guessed, we're giant fans of yeah. Christopher Nolan. <laughs> I honestly will follow him anywhere. Yes. Do anything. And I will Which is probably why he only makes a movie every uh-huh. four or five years. Yeah. It is a good reason. Yeah. You still have to give me your number two. Oh, yeah. That was your <laughs> I'm glad that that was your number two as well, because you spent a good amount of time on it. My number two... Two! Two! Is actually... Is, is an is a overlap as well. Ex Machina. Yes. Um, I really, really like... I had a hard time kind of choosing between a few, and Alex Garland as a writer-director is really interesting. I almost... I wanted to put Annihilation on my list as well. Um, he also wrote uh, 20 Days Later and all those other movies. But it's Ex Machina is so interesting. And I'm so shocked there hasn't been more 
movies about the Turing test, which is such an interesting yeah. concept. If you're just like to say someone to say to someone, you need to sit down in front of a computer and tell me if it's a person on the other side or not. Like that's you could do all kinds of things with that. But this is like the first one that I think has really nailed that. And like you mentioned a lot of the great parts. The visual effects are so understated. There's not a lot of them, but the ones that there are, you honestly believe that she's a robot. You believe that she looks right. so it's interesting. Like it's flawless almost. Yeah. It's crazy. And yeah, and and like you mentioned, Alicia Victander, her the, that was the first thing I'd ever seen her in. Yeah. And she does a perfect job of walking that line between human and robotic where you're like, I I buy it, but I'm also looking at you and and I feel like you're not human at the same yeah, time. Yeah, well, I, I really felt like watching that movie, the main character, um, oh, what's the guy's name, the actor? The main guy? Yeah. Um, not the scientist, not oh, the creator, the guy that comes and visits. I don't know, yes. the guy from uh, from Star Wars. Wars. Yeah, I really felt like connected to him because he seems to view her mm-hmm. and everything else with the same attitude I was watching that movie with. I'm just like, oh, this is interesting. Trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're probably doing this by doing this other thing. Like, yeah. You're trying to see the matrix or see the code or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which I always thought was interesting where. The main guy, the creator, the I, I guess he's from Star Wars. He's too, from Star Wars too. Doesn't really help you <laughs> differentiate them. Um, yeah, he's always like, no, stop doing that. We'll focus on the simple thing. How did you feel? Right. What did it seem like? Like back to basics kind of stuff. Text Machina. It's yeah. It's you feel unsettled. Yeah. Well, it's, the last act and a half of that movie is yeah. so like. Ugh. Yeah. You walk it, out and you're like, I hate all of this. <laughs> yeah. It's beautifully creative, but yeah, like you mentioned, it's also, it's terrifying. Like you can, yeah, it's, it's interesting to look at and, and they're really interesting and you appreciate them, but there is a, an unsettled feeling as soon as they're out. Right. That you're like, this is terrifying. <laughs> Which you're I, relying on laws, the laws of robotics. Yeah. That Men created. Well, I think right. it's, <laughs> it's just so stupid it, to me. It's a perfect. Whatever, it's a perfect, I think, analogy of humanity, where we are also very interesting and beautiful, but terrifying at the same time of what we're capable of. Right. Yeah. Because we're we have the ability to do such incredible, great things, but in the same exact equal aspect is we can do incredibly horrible things. But then we also look at what we do create. Right. And what that creation creates. Well, and this, I mean, <laughs> and Ex Machina does such a great job of, like, glorifying what we are capable of and then losing control of stuff or, like, taking it for granted. Taking our robotic rules right. for granted. Oh, Ex Machina. I, I so think, funny. yeah, there's, there's a... Like whatever can happen will happen. Yeah. yeah. It, it's yeah. That's yeah. another It's it goes I think there's a common theme in AI or machine based movies, which is you're creating something that will surpass you. Like <laughs> it will it will either destroy you or it'll live beyond you. Uh, right. And, and we programmed it 
And he even mentions it in the movie. He's like, they're like, he's like, feel far sorry for yourself because you're going to be extinct and they're just going to take over the planet. You're just skin and bones and they're, you know, they they can be made of anything and be remade and live forever and all yeah, those things. Yeah, no. I... The idea of AI is both awesome yeah. and scary as hell yeah. <laughs> on the same time. And I feel our generation has grown up with enough books and movies and shows that are like, yeah, it, was, uh, it sounded like a great idea, and then we <laughs> fucked it all up. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing we talk about. It's like foreshadowing. Yeah. Right. We probably should have listened to ourselves, but... <laughs> Terminator cannot become a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't let it become a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> All right, are we on our first? We're on number one. It's number the final one. Countdown. I'm do that every time. Single week. Okay. Ready, Justin? All right. So I had a hard time with this one because it fits so perfectly in both this category and in horror, mm. and it's. Very iconic. It's got my favorite design of these creatures yeah. in any movie ever. The very first alien. Yeah. Mm. The xenomorph is so fucking terrifying to look at because you have no there's no way you can read what it wants to do. Right. It's just that it's this creature built on rage. There's no eyes. And there's no eyes. It's it's like the space version of the shark from Jaws. Yeah. And that's it's just this movie when I first saw it, I was young. I wasn't really supposed to see it. I had a cousin who had seen it and I saw the toys and just seeing the toys was like, Oh, that's that could cause some damage. <laughs> like that's not <laughs> but when I saw it, I mean not the movie's not action packed. It's very subtle, it's very patient. I mean it's like a I think it's two and a half hours or close to. And you see the alien for the first time, like halfway through, and that's when it bursts out of his chest. And then you don't see it again for like 20 minutes to a half hour. It's just them trying to figure out, oh shit, we have something loose on the ship. Mm-hmm. But those shots where you can see it in the background is like your main characters are talking or they're facing the camera. And you can see it subtly mm-hmm. move. And just having that aspect, it's the greatest idea. And to me, it's a very basic, like, nightmare fuel, especially for, like, if you think back as childhood, mm-hmm. something's in my closet or something's under my bed. This movie, to me, really brought that to the adult world, where it's like, oh, even as an adult, you're fucked. So, <laughs> but Alien is so iconic to me. And I, I'm one of the rare people that's enjoyed all the installments, mm-hmm. some more than others. But the Xenomorph is just, it's too good of a design for a monster. And it, it, it's perfect that it's an alien. Yeah. And let's face it, Sigourney Weaver is... Get <laughs> Like, that role was supposed to be for a male. Oh. It was originally written as a male, and then they cast her to do it and redid the role. Hmm. She sets the standard for badass yeah. leading female. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I yep. can't imagine anybody else. Seriously. Right. And she's iconic because of it now. Yeah. So, Alien is my number one. Yeah, the Xenomorph is so perfect, especially in that first one, because it's so 
it's always like cloaked in darkness right like, you can never really like fully see it and so yeah it adds to that that boogeyman aspect that something's under my bed something's in the vents all these <laughs> right. i don't know what it it's is constantly hunting making me crap my pants <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah aliens just... that's one of those perfect level movies it's so good so good well i think it sets the stage for a lot of other sci-fi movies Oh, for sure. Like, it was so innovative in the way that it did it that, mm-hmm. I don't know, just... Yeah, from from the ship design to the the robot android crew member and all these things. It, it yeah. Was, it, was it was done just... in a very different way where it's like, this is just a guy, which you don't even really feel like as an android until you're ripped in half. <laughs> Honestly, right. it's given me extreme anxiety about ever being pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the chest versus... Anytime any of my friends are pregnant, I'm like, God, is it pregnant? Well, so a fun fact with that movie and that scene, um, the cast had no idea that was going to happen. Oh except for John Hurt, who had the prosthetic attached to him. So their reaction when it bursts through and blood splatters everywhere, that's a legitimate that's terrifying. act. Because they had no idea that was what was going to happen. Wow. Which I love those moments in movies, and tons of directors will do that to their cast. Mm-hmm. And it's just so... It, you it's have to have so a good fun. cast to not like freak out and ruin the scene. <laughs> right. Yeah. Don't trust, trust really, That first take, man. Yeah. <laughs> so you're really relying on that. Yeah, you're like, no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll give a good natural reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, my number one right. is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's, one of, it's another one of those kind of hard sci fi not that different could take place I mean it takes place seven years from now it definitely could take place seven years from now um it was I think 18 years in the future or 30 something years in the future when it came out but um before he won Academy Awards for Gravity and Roma uh Alfonso Cuaron made Children of Men yes Children of Men is another movie that made me it's so good and i kind of realized a weird theme between my list and my honorable mentions which is like crazy governments that have like kind of taken over this is a an interesting one where you don't often see england or great britain Mm -hmm. uh in that light and i think it's set against an interesting Again, interesting aspect where there's kind of two main themes, which is the government super super authoritarian and anti-immigrant, and people stopped having children. Yeah, just women stopped getting pregnant randomly in like 2009, and there hasn't been a baby in like 18 years, and so those like the two main setups to the film, Um, and you you essentially. You're never told that. You're not told anything during this movie. You learn it as you watch it. It's one of my favorite movies for for a movie that shows you instead of just tells you through, like, this is the story, this is what's happening. It's more like you're dropped into this world. And it doesn't have that thing that movies often have, which is, I think we talked about last week with uh, um, that movie with Emily Blunt and that I talked about. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we've talked about a bunch of them. That's true. She's in a lot of movies. 
No, the one where Quiet the Mexico one. Oh, oh, uh, Sicario. Sicario. That was even on your list. I know. That was on your list. That was last week. True. We got to clear the brain. Yeah. <laughs> so it it doesn't do that thing where you have a an Emily Blunt type character where you, she's new to the world like the audience is and right. learning it as you go. You just jump in. Everybody knows everything. This character is like a deep character that has a full backstory of life. And he just, you just is getting coffee and the news is on. And you just learn that the youngest person in the world has died. And he's like 18 years old. And, and so you're like picking up all these things as you watch it. Well, that's like one of the best parts of that movie is you really have to focus, like, because it's all done in glimpses. Mm -hmm. They tell you everything that's happened mm -hmm. to catch you up in the background. Right. Every, yeah. <laughs> all of the, the, half of the story is in the background. And he does an incredible thing where he uses the full frame. So like you can be, you can be watching the character that's in like the left side of the screen. And you're like watching them. They're sitting there and they're like maybe doing something. But if you're not paying attention, there are things happening in the background out the window in the right side of the screen that you're either about to find out because it's coming at you. Yeah. Or or there's graffiti or there's things that's going on that's like kind of explaining this world and how people feel being stuck in this world. It's a very kind of gloomy there's a lot of despair, obviously, where I've that whole like, movie is despair. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's an interesting <laughs> thing to explore where people have lost hope to some extent when when just the you there's a doom that's pending that everybody's gonna grow up they're gonna die and there's nobody to follow them because right there's no more children <laughs> and so it's <clears throat> it's a really interesting concept where there's people that are just either they react differently they're either joining religious groups more emphatically or they're joining rebellions against the government or they're the government's handing out these kits to like help you with antidepressants or suicide kits even like the government's saying if you want to kill yourself we understand that's right <laughs> here's here's some pills that you can do that yeah that's that's not a movie if you're wanting to like feel good mm -hmm. i would not recommend that as like a feel good date night movie <laughs> <laughs> that's fair yeah, that would have been nice to know before you made me watch it. <laughs> when we were dating. It's but so good. I honestly had a panic attack. Like, yeah. It was so stressful. Well, when I saw it, not to... No, you're good. Uh, I saw it in the theater. And one of our mutual friends, so I saw it with one of our mutual friends. Um, he knew about it. I had no knowledge of what this movie was about. All I knew was, oh, it stars Clive Owen. I like Clive Owen. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Halfway through that movie, I was in the theater thinking just like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. This is intense. Mm -hmm. And I love the sci-fi aspect of yeah. it. I like that you really picked this for a sci-fi. Mm -hmm. Because it's probably one of the more, this will sound weird, but like, reality-based. <laughs> like, That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Not to say women are going to continue being pregnant, but, like, mm -hmm. there's something about it that really feels very, oh, this... Yeah. I would not be shocked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's similar to the level of, of Interstellar, was like, just all of a sudden, you can't grow food. 
You, right. you, you can't grow most food. You can grow corn. That probably will go away too. This is like, all of a sudden, you just stopped having babies. What does that do? What happens? It's 30 years in the future, so you have like electric cars and you have like these cool heads-up displays on the windshield. But other than that, it's not that futuristic. <laughs> right. <laughs> What's interesting, though, is you see like the reality of like what re- like humanity turns into mm-hmm. when they lose certain hope. Mm-hmm. Like in my mind, I'm kind of like, okay, if our generation like stopped having kids, I'm a really fucked up individual that would be like, actually feel better about that. Send your hate mail. <laughs> so close but I was like I've I've got to put a couple others on Mm -hmm. here but one thing with that movie that really kind of like struck me was to me it was apparent that us as a species had put so much stock into all these other aspects Mm -hmm. like um, you know the cars with the like you know the technology we put too much stock to the tech, into technology thinking that was going to be the betterment of man mm-hmm. and like how we would thrive when reality was we lost humanity in that prospect and that I mean that was always my take with the like women not having babies anymore was yeah. like we sacrificed life mm-hmm. for technology right yeah, yeah there, of there are aspects of humanity that have just been a matter of fact for thousands of years right and so you take it for granted things like gathering food and <laughs> and having children and having relationships and all these things yeah it's it was a survival essentially yeah well the the way they film that movie i mean it's gray oh, the movie is literally gray yeah like the entire time except for a couple scenes yeah. <laughs> The, the filming of it, I definitely did want to talk about. There's There are two scenes that stand out so much. There's a scene where they're in a car. Yeah. And it's a, it's, there are two very long single shot scenes that are incredible. One is in a car. And if you see like the behind the scenes stuff, they're using massive like video film cameras. And so as they're like rotating this camera, this camera's inside the car with the people the whole time. It's going all the way around the car, looking out the windows of things happening outside. And it's very, it goes from being very jovial to being very intense. Well, there's stuff like outside the car and in the car that are all happening. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and just the range of emotion from the, the way that scene starts to the way the scene ends in like the course of four minutes is in super intense. But yeah, the camera's going all the way around and all of the actors, in addition to acting their asses off, are also ducking out of the way of the camera. And like, there's this weird like hole in the roof where they're like turning it all the way around. And it's it's technically very impressive, but also 
visually just watching it, it completely immerses you. You don't even think about the fact that there's a camera in the car. Right. You think about these people in the car and the things they're experiencing. Um, and then there's another extremely long take later where they're in a refugee camp and they're just from the time they like get in to the time that they like go all the way through this journey and up these stairs and down these stairs and there's this war happening and these tanks and this like the city's invading and this the rebels are coming in and like all these things are happening and it's just this super long take and and Clive Owen is like in flip flops the whole time running oh, right. around and, <laughs> and the camera's following him and the camera's getting splashes of blood and they just stay on the screen the whole time and it's so intense and so terrible. Yeah. That movie is just I had anxiety just listening to you talk about it. <laughs> that yeah, was, that it's was very emotional. Yeah, that's one of those movies where, like, when it ends, you don't just move on with your day, like, yeah. oh, cool, I saw a cool movie. It sticks with you. I mean, you think about that movie the whole rest of the day after you watch it. Yeah. I would put it up there with the only other movie that I can compare it to that I would ever say it's the movie that I'm glad I saw. But I would never want to watch it. I know. Which would be Mother. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which, if that does not end up on one of your guys' lists eventually. <laughs> Is there a dread category? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I but always I feel like you'd have to save that movie for, like, if we ever did a Aronofsky yeah. episode. Which, now, I'm a huge Aronofsky fan. Mm-hmm. And although Mother is unanimously despised by movie fans in Hollywood, I feel that's is, um, uh, a great movie. Yeah. I initially despised oh, yeah. it. Right. Just based on the feelings I felt. Right. And then I went home, and then I read about it. Well, then we you processed told? it. Well, yeah. I remember you guys had told me, like, hey, we saw Mother, because I loved it. And yeah. you guys were like, no. We no. walked out, and we were like, that movie was fucked up. <laughs> what the fuck did we just watch? And then I started doing Which is exactly like, what you're supposed to do. Well, then you feel like a fucking dumbass. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh. <laughs> like, I oh, have no idea. That's, I'm, like, I'm the asshole. Yeah. It was brilliant. Yeah. I, I really feel that movie is like, for but me, again, I would never want to watch it. the most anxiety-inducing mm-hmm. film I've ever uh-huh. experienced. Because you don't just watch that movie. I mean, it is like, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. This entire time. It's like being in a nightmare. Yeah. It is a nightmare. <laughs> it is a nightmare. And it's two hours long. Yeah. And then it ends and you just kind of like, I feel gross and what the yeah. fuck. And, but oh, brilliant but at again, the same time. Brilliant. I'm so glad he made it. I'm so glad I watched it. I never want it to happen again. <laughs> and that's that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how children have been for me. Yeah, that's fair. I feel the same way about that. Children Met, like, I don't rewatch that one too often yeah. because it's one of those that's so heavy. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, like you said earlier, I mean, you don't you don't finish that movie and be like, hey, yeah. let's go enjoy sunshine. Yeah. You know, you, you finish that movie and you're just like, fuck, I need a beer. <laughs> like, you need to, like, take a long nap. <laughs> I need to take the edge off. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, good pick. Thank you. All right. That's a good one, you guys. Thank you. Do you have any honorable mentions? I have a handful. You can make on your list? I I do. I have three. Okay, I've got five. Okay, you go and then I'll go. Okay. (laughs) This was so hard. (laughs) So going into the sci fi. Yeah. I think even last week when you picked this category, I was like, oh, it can be difficult. Trying to compile 10 movies and then a few honorable mentions was like, 
I feel so bad that these aren't in my top 10, but I'm glad that my top 10 are what I have. Yeah. This was a stressful one to make. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my honorable mentions, Annihilation. Yeah. That's just fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Um, X-Files Fight the Future. So it was the first X-Files movie. That's an, That was like my first intro to X-Files. Scared the shit out of me I as a kid. X-Files. That's such a good movie. Edge of Tomorrow, or as what the original title was, was Live, Die, Repeat. Yeah. But that movie, I feel... Another Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. God. For me, another Tom Cruise. But that movie deserves to be seen way more, and no one's seen it. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yes. It was almost on... Actually, it was almost on sci-fi. It's a great It's movie so good. In both categories. And it's got weird time travel. It's, yeah. Check that out. Uh, Sphere. Yeah. From the 90s, because that is a psychological nightmare with, like, <laughs> nothing happening for two hours. And then I couldn't help it, because this movie blew me away when the three of us saw it, was Blade Runner 2049. Yes. Yeah. That movie, to me, is like a masterpiece, sci-fi, beautiful the film. first yeah. Blade Runner I've ever seen. Right. And I immediately piqued my interest to go back. It's just, as far as sequels go, 2049 is like, it's almost better than the original. (laughs) Didn't he value you? I'm just saying. (laughs) Okay. I know, he got got kind of, he was proud of himself for that one. I had a handful of honorable mentions that I wanted to put out there as movies that I knew that I should see. And Moon was one of those mm-hmm. that I knew would be on my list if I had seen it, but I haven't. But we've talked about maybe doing an episode of movies yeah, well, we, best movies we've never seen. So we'll, I'm taking those all off. We'll dedicate that for that whole episode. I have I have three honorable mentions. One is The Running Man. Fuck yes. I love The Running Man. A lot of people, if we're talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger and future movies, uh, will say Total Recall, obviously, is a yeah. great And it's a great one. But The Running Man for me is so understated. It takes in the distant future of 2017. <laughs> um, and it's it's another one of those movies which is the media is and government are kind of like, you don't have lawyers anymore, you just have agents and you have all these really interesting, it's so good. Um, and it's so violent. Yeah, it's a, it's a good action movie. It's like a, it's surprisingly thoughtful action movie, I would say. It's with, a good commentary on like sci-fi aspect. Media. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> the second movie on my list is The Lobster. I have not seen The Lobster. The Lobster. Okay. <laughs> the Lobster is another movie that's only barely sci-fi, but it's if you It's like fantasy sci-fi, isn't it? I would say it's it's a movie version of an episode of Black Mirror. That's what I was just gonna say. Oh, yeah. If you if you, yes. if you like Black Mirror and you like that kind of sci-fi, The Lobster is basically an episode of that. Yeah. With Rachel Weiss and mm-hmm. Colin Farrell. Right. And so it's it's awesome. I really enjoy it. And it's, it's essentially a romance, but it's also kind of sad. Yeah, that's a movie that there's been a few people that are constantly hounding me like, have you watched The Lobster yet? I'm like, I haven't gotten around to it, but I want to. Yeah. And then my number 11, which I have seen one time, and then I rewatched the trade. It's stuck Your number 11? Not my number one, my honorable mention. Oh. It, didn't make <laughs> on, it ended up with numbers on my bullets. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> my last honorable mention is a movie that I have seen one time, 
and it stuck with me so much that I knew I wanted it near my top 10, if not in my top 10. And I rewatched the trailer. And when I was watching the trailer, I was like, I need to put this in my top 10, but I can't find a place for it. <laughs> I was so excited like to figure out a place, but I just couldn't do it. If you've never seen The Endless, you know, I have not. I don't know. I've never heard of it. I don't know where I heard of it, but there's a movie called The Endless, 2018. It is... You saw it. It's that movie that's about, like, these two brothers that used to be in a cult. Oh, God, yeah, it's so good. And, yeah. yeah, that's all I needed to know. And they decide to go back and visit, but there's this whole, like... Oh, I've heard of this movie! Yeah. yeah. There's this whole weird aspect of the place that these people live and, like, the things that happen to them and the things that they interact with. And there's, it might be aliens, it might be monster, it might be gravity, it may be time travel. You don't know what's happening. Literally, it's all, like, and it's so well done and so intense and so interesting. Check out The Endless. Is that on Netflix? I think I saw it on Netflix. I don't yeah. know if it's still there. Because I think I added it to our wish or our watch list. Yeah. And that's how we ended up watching it. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Hmm. I don't know why, but I've had like this one movie keep popping up for me today. Yeah. Wondering if you where it would be on your list. List. Was it on either of my lists? No. Whoa. I don't... Tusk? Oh, oh my god! <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with that I movie. Like, oh, Have you actually watched it? Yes, okay. I watched it. It scarred me. I don't know where you would put that. It's... I don't know if it's horrible. I don't even know how to explain... I don't even think Kevin Smith knows how to explain Tusk. I mean, if you think of Tusk as like... It's like melding the anatomy of different zoological. I couldn't like <laughs> that science fiction. That movie. Yeah, I don't know if you where you put it. Which one? So That's weird. I can't really hate on that movie, right? Because it makes me laugh so hard just thinking about it. Because what what an idea to be like. I want to have kind of a human centipede aspect, but we're not going to make a human centipede. I'm going to turn a guy into a walrus. Oh, my God. <laughs> of all the fucking <laughs> animal, like, thing, like... How much weed Can you smoke? How much weed could a director direct? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's Kevin Smith, so it was probably a shitload, but I don't even know how to categorize Tusk. I... Yeah. I honestly have no I idea. It's one of those... Other categories. I, I feel like you really liked it. You do? I, 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 <laughs> I feel also like because you made me watch it. That's good because I don't know. Well, I wanted to see what the heck it's, was going on. Another yeah. one of those movies that I feel like I will never leave my brain. Yeah. Like, I can't. I so can't I've watched it a couple it. times and I can't tell if I enjoy it. Right. <laughs> I know I don't. I know I don't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I know I don't dislike it, but I can't say if I actually like like. Yeah. It's just, it's such a fucking weird movie. Like, the it's, very end is just the weirdest part. I, the whole fucking movie is the weirdest part. The whole thing. Yeah. Anyways. Oh, my God. I don't even know how to categorize that movie. You we should have a whole genre of that. Others? Of, like, movies we have no idea how to categorize. That's a good idea. Just that you don't even know where it belongs, but it belongs somewhere. Yeah. 
that, like, it will... See, now you got me thinking Tusk, and that's the only movie going through my head that would fit in that kind of category. Yeah. <laughs> I guess technically it'd be, like, a comedy horror. Yeah, that's a good... That's a good genre. Technically, but... <laughs> I was also thinking that we need to do, like, a episode on just TV shows. Oh, um, we could do that. Yeah, like... Because there's been some... Well, I feel like with Jake and I, our background, I mean... So the whole idea with this was, this was how Jake and I... It's how the romance started. Really, yeah, it got to know each other. It was our love for film and TV. Yeah, we worked together and just talked about movies for eight hours a day. Right. And our love for certain J.J. Abrams yeah. <laughs> projects. <laughs> right? That's the first thing you and I ever... We yeah. went to dinner, and that's the first thing we talked about in great detail. This is literally what it sounds like for all of us to go to a brewery. They talk like this, and I just chime in. Every <laughs> with like whatever weird thought I have. But it's it's good. Yeah, movies really are good. great. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, we decided to make a whole podcast about it. Fuck so. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you guys did great. Thank great you. Episode very. I was entertained the whole time, and it was not just because of my snacks. I'm glad you liked your snacks, and I'm glad you liked the content. My honorable mention is craisin, chocolate-covered raisins that I have yet to have. Still have yet to have. They don't have them at Safeway. All right, boys. That's our that's our end game. Okay. What's our end game? We just watched end game last night. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Comment and uh, oh, you already quit, didn't you? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Yeah, let us know. Wait, that's like your outro. You do you, yeah, you're the producer. Do you guys know what we're going to do next week? No. We don't. No idea. We don't know. All right. Well, we're, it's a surprise. We'll do it on the day. All right. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Hear us next week. Let us know what you thought. Let us know your favorites. Please argue with these motherfuckers. <laughs> 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 it just be so entertaining. <laughs>